0: I want to look at Mark, the 10th chapter, Mark 10 and verse 46. Mark 10 and verse 46. It says, now they came to Jericho as he, speaking of Jesus, went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great multitude and a great multitude. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. When he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and to say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus on the road. Now, I want to talk to you today about a new identity. About a new identity. Those of you that came to this altar and surrendered maybe for the first time, maybe for the hundredth time, I don't know. Makes no difference. But what I want you to take courage in is that once we accept Jesus Christ, we have a new identity. The identity defined is simply... Who we are, who a person is—it's the character, makeup, the belief system within a person that characterizes them. To say this is who they are, and we look here today, and we're looking at a man who had a physical infirmity; he was blind. That was his identity. I'm not going to talk to you so much about the physical healing as much as I want to talk to you about the spiritual healing that's going to take place in here today. He was known as blind Bartimaeus. That was his identity. He was a man who was not only blind, but he was a blind beggar on the street. And I would like to address today the victimization of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And many that are in this house today that have been that have fallen prey to certain predators, that predator originates in sin, and that sin comes to destroy, to kill, to steal, and to destroy our victory. I want to talk to you about the blindness that comes as a result of that hurt and that failure. I want to talk to you today about what happens whenever we allow that victimization to become our identity. Let me make this statement. When our issues become our identity we remain victims. If my issues are my identity, it's what I believe about myself. It wasn't what others believed about Bartimaeus that made him who he was. It's what he believed about himself. Those of you in this house today, it's not what others believe about you that make you you. It's about what you believe about yourself. You are more than the sum total of the things that have happened to you. You are, should be, the sum total of what Jesus has done for you. As we see here, Bartimaeus was a man who sat by the roadside, who had the legal right to be in the position that he was in because of his infirmity. He was a man who had the right to the beggar's cloak, and he wore that. He wore that beggar's cloak, and it said to all the world that was around, he has a legal right to beg alms of other people. He's there, and he has the legal right to accept the charity and the benevolence of others. Because of his issue, he has the right. He has the right to demand of you your alms because of his issues. But there came a day where this man sitting outside of Jericho, Begging alms from would-be passerby. As he's sitting there, news comes out. Jesus is walking by. Now, in that moment, here's a man who had to make a decision. That decision being, do I want to stay here in this place that I'm familiar with? Or do I want to cry out to the one who can actually heal me? Do I want to stay here in this condition because I have the assurance that I have the legal right to beg for the benevolence of others? Now understand this. When your heart is healed, you don't lose dependence upon other people. In fact, you don't reject the need for the body of Christ. In fact, when you are wholly healed of Jesus, what happens is you don't want to get away from the body of Christ. You won't come closer to the body of Christ. You want to be attached to the body because the body is attached to the head. You may be living in a state of victimhood. Let me tell you, the greatest currency in victimhood, the land of victimhood, is excuses. I'm going to make excuses for everything under the sun as to why I will not, cannot, shall not step into the place of calling, provision, and purpose of God. The reason being is because I have a right. Because I've been hurt. I have a right because I have been victimized. And now I make excuses as to why I can't. But in the kingdom of God, excuses hold no weight and value. Only faith in the risen Savior Jesus Christ. The only currency in the kingdom is faith faith in not myself, faith not in other people, but faith in the living God who came and he died and he rose again on that third day because the grave had no hold upon him because he was the absolute perfect sacrifice for all sin, past, present, and future. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. There's no domain in which he has not conquered. He is king of all kings. He is Lord of all lords. Bartimaeus, you need to be quiet need to be quiet. Let me tell you what shame and pain, regret and remorse wants you to do, wants you to be still, be separated and be silent. Whatever we find ourselves in the state of victimhood and I'm not making a lot of this we're going to get somewhere today. There are those in this house that have suffered. Horrifying atrocities from other people. There are those in this house today that you have been not only the victim, but you've been the victim of your own decision making. You've been your own destroyer because without Jesus we self-destruct. We destroy ourselves inherently. It's in our nature. The only thing that can Help us is a change of nature by ensuring that there's a new Lord sitting upon the throne of our heart. But here is Bartimaeus. And the crowd was getting a little uncomfortable with his plea to the risen, to the would-be risen Savior. His his cry there in the book of Mark is: he said, Son of David, son of David. First, one recorded in the book of Mark, he declared him son of David because it's the title of the Messiah. Unto us a child is given, unto us a child is born, and upon his shoulders shall rest the governance. He shall be called the son of the most high God. There was a title. That was only given to the Messiah. He was the son of David, the son of the beloved, the beloved son of the Father. Now, here is Bartimaeus, and he's crying Son of David! Messiah is what he's declaring. Christ Jesus, I'm calling out to you. I felt you when you walked by. I could sense the glory, though my sight was not given to me. I now perceived in my inmost being that there is God walking in flesh. Emmanuel is passing by. He's the one that can heal me. Oh, I can't see him yet, but I'm crying oh, Son of David, Christ Jehovah, God himself, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. I deserve punishment, but Lord, I'm asking for a pardon. God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Now your shame and your pain is telling you, talked to a young lady yesterday. She told me how that she went to a nominal church, not a Pentecostal church. And how that they were too radical. And how it made her so uncomfortable that she wouldn't go to church as a result of that. I said, "Good night." If those Southern Baptists messed you up, then we really will tear you up. <laughs> you know what? When folks are in need, they don't care who's listening. If they get attention of Jesus, Well, see the religious crowd wants them to sit down and be quiet. You're making me too uncomfortable. You don't know that that person may have been afflicted for twenty years. Is does your comfort level really the most important thing when it comes to a service? When God is moving in the house and He's changing lives and He's touching people and He's causing people to come out of darkness into His light, is that really where we want to camp? Shh, be quiet, Bartimaeus. Stay separated. Stay silent and be still. And he shouted the louder. This is my chance. This is my chance. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Okay, you got his attention, Bartimaeus. So he gets up. And we may think this is a measure of cruelty, but Jesus didn't come to Bartimaeus. He said, I want you to bring Bartimaeus to me. What's the job of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ? Is it not to bring those who are afflicted, those who are in need, those who are bound to Jesus? I'm not talking about their physical needs. I'm telling you, find somebody with a physical need, you do what you can in order. You're the church. You do what you can in order to alleviate if the Spirit's leading you. But let me tell you where your focus needs to be on. Your focus needs to be on their heart. Do something about that. Speak to them as a measure of how God has done something for you and talk to them about the Lord. But now... Portimaeus, Jesus is calling for you. He gets up, and he takes his legal right, his issue, his identity, his shelter, and he throws it. Didn't say that he took it. He said it threw it. He did not know where it's at now. What did I do with that thing? Where is it at? No, wait a minute, I'm going for Jesus. I don't need that anymore. I don't need that anymore. And so Jesus said, I want you to bring him to me because I don't know that the Lord was not trying to maybe get some distance between where he was at to where he needed to be. I think maybe too often we leave our issues in too close a proximity it's just too easy to reach down and pick them back up it's just too easy to reach down and put them back on oh wait a minute somebody's offended me let me run back and get my cloak I uh, you can't you you shouldn't be offending me because I've got a I've got the legal right I've got issues and those issues are my identity but wait just a minute there are those of you that are in this house and you're not so much concerned about the sum total of the things that have happened to you when well, you concerned about is the sum totals of the things that he has done for you. So I'm going to leave this right here where it's at because I'm not coming back for it. You can give that to somebody else. I don't need that anymore. I don't need that anymore. Take me to Jesus. I'm hoping I'm somewhere in the middle here. Tell me when I'm there. Thank you. Jesus asked this question, Barnabas, what what can I do for you? Barnabas wasn't offended by that. Jesus was very, very specific. What can I do for you? Isn't it obvious? Didn't ask you that. Ask you, what can I do for you? Oh, don't you see I've got this issue. This is my identity. This who I didn't didn't ask you that. What, What can I do for you? I want to get over my blindness. I want to receive my sight. There are those of you that are in this house today, you're going to come to this altar in a minute, and the Lord's going to ask you very pointedly, What can I do for you? And you're going to say, I don't want to be blind by my victimhood anymore. I want to be free. The Bible says to confess your fault one to another that you might be healed. Let me tell you what happens with confession. Confession brings healing, which brings wholeness, which brings a freedom. I want Lord Jesus to receive my sight. Mm. Lord Jesus, I can do that. You're not going to be blinded by your victimhood anymore. It's not your identity anymore. Bartimaeus, be healed. You guys did good. I'm right in the middle. (laughs) His eyes opened. And now he's got a new identity. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live is by the faith in the Son of God. But Paul tells us we've got to put on the new man. We take off the old man and we've got to put on the new man. We've got to clothe ourselves in Jesus Christ by renewing our mind day after day after day. Now, last week, I shared a very private matter with all of you about my past and the things that had happened to me. First time publicly I'd ever shared the fact that as a child, I was sexually molested. And it was a a moment, the tears did not come because... I was so much concerned about what people would think. The tears were when I felt in my heart as the pain of those that were in the room. But since that moment, God has given me a liberty. Now, when, I, when Paul said, I'm not what you think of me, basically, doesn't bother me. He was not saying that in arrogance. And just as I say to you, and those of you that are in hiding right now, you're holding back. You let the Lord guide you as to who to share and when to share and how to share. But I will tell you one of the biggest regrets that I had is the fact that the Lord didn't ask me to do it sooner so that I could just get it out there in the open so that I could just say, Lord, it's all yours. It's not mine anymore. It's yours, and you can do with it whatever you please. I'm not putting that back on again. That's not part of my identity. I am no longer that beaten down, scared little boy living in fear. The Lord has freed me from that. I don't need to concern myself with how other people think of me. That's the trap the enemy puts you in. What you need to concern yourself with is this Are you free in Jesus Christ? And what he has done for you, is it evident in your identity? I'm not who I was, I'm dead to self in that area. Thus, he has risen inside in a brand new way. There's a liberty that belongs to the people of God. If he can keep you isolated and alone in the narrative of your mind, where your concern is more about what other people think about you than you are about what God's going to do with you, then you could be living with an issue identity, and it's time to come out. It's time to come out. Confess your faults one to another, that you might be healed. You have a new identity in Christ. You are and the old things have passed away. Behold, the, all things have become new. You are clothed in Jesus. I want this house to be so liberated with the presence and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ uh, that you're no longer, I'm no longer living in a state of fear and concern of others. uh, But my primary concern is the will of God. I sat over there last Sunday morning. Had not one iota thought of sharing what I shared just as I shared this morning. I didn't even have a thought. And all of a sudden, the Lord said, I want you to do this now. I said, no, I'm not doing this now. I said, it ain't happening, no, sir. We've been holding on this a long time. We're going to keep holding on a little longer. Nope, not doing it. And all of a sudden, the tears started coming because my heart was in rebellion. The Lord just kept pressing on me, pressing on me, pressing on me. I said, nope, I'm not doing it. Nope, I'm not doing it. I said, Lord, you're going to have to confirm it in the mouth of two witnesses. And lo and behold, somebody came and handed me a note. And I said, that's just one. That's just one. And then all of a sudden, the Lord gave a person, told them to speak a word. It is time. I said, okay. All right, but I'm not the only one. I'm leaning to to Andrew, and I said, Lord, if if she says no, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. So last and final, I'll turn to her, and she said, you better obey God. (laughs) The one moment I needed you to say no. But let me say to you today, stop wearing that cloak that's not who you are that's not who you are you're a born again child of the living king you're not the victim of the enemy you're the predator you you you're not you don't have to sit around and duck out secret corners and look through cracks of fences and the, look through the peephole of the door to see who's watching you that makes no difference whatsoever You're free. You're free. Walk in freedom. Live in freedom. Let me tell you what it will cause you to do. It will not cause you to push people away, to label them and get them away from you. You're going to want to embrace them. You're going to want to bring them in. You're going to want to say, hey, it's okay. I got nothing to hide. Come on in to the house of God. Let me speak to you about what Jesus has done for me. I was blind, but now I see. I was broken, but now I'm healed. I couldn't walk on my own. I always had to have somebody lead me along. They led me along and failed me. They led me along and failed me. God said the only way you're going to get free from this is we got to open your eyes to the reality that I have in store for you. Let me cause those scales to fall so you may see clearly, distinctly, with the vision and the will and the purpose of God. Thank God for Bartimaeus. I think we ought to change his name. Amen? We should call him 2020. Amen? We're going to call him Clear View. (laughs) Clear Vision. Extreme Focus. Bartimaeus. He was blind, but that's not who he is anymore. I was a drug addict and an alcoholic Abuse her myself, and but now that old man is dead. Hallelujah. He's buried. He's covered up. Oh, I'm still a work in progress. So if you don't like what you see, stick around. It might get better. But you're not going to do any good. Walled up. Guarding the gate. Pushing people back. Labeling them a certain way. We're going to Africa next month. You know what we're going to find in Africa? People. We were missionaries in the country of Scotland. You know what we found when we got there? People. We pastored in two states, Texas and Arkansas. You know what we found? People. We have been in Mexico. You know what who lives in Mexico? People. You know what people are? They're flawed because of sin, and they live in blindness of that victimhood until Jesus passes by. And when Jesus passes by, they're no longer blind by their victimhood. But now they are awakened to righteousness in the living God. And now they can see clearly. And now they follow the Lord if they accept his sacrifice as being enough for their sins. There's a new identity awaiting on somebody in this house today. Children of God. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're not a victim. You're victorious in the power. You know why there's no weapon never formed against you that's going to prosper? It's because no weapon formed against Jesus ever prospered. You know why a thousand shall fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand and it's not going to come nigh you? It's because ten thousand fell at Jesus' right hand. A million every last knee bowed to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and it will not come nigh him. There's victory in Jesus today. There's victory in Jesus today. Whatever that... Secret shame is, whatever it is, whether you've done it or somebody's done it to you, find somebody you can trust. Ladies go to ladies, men go to men, okay? Find someone you can trust and confess that to them, and you're going to find a liberty there may be a backlash hit hits you in the back of the head. But there's a story I'm going to share and I'm closing with this. I was listening to Peter Cochran. He was a superintendent of the Scottish church years back. And he was called to a healing service and the Lord he, they had different venues within this big arena or area that they were at. And he was supposed to go in and minister about healing. So different persons around the city, different ministers, they were there in this one venue and one was on this topic and one was on the other. And he walks in the room and it's filled with wheelchairs. No. Nope. And he said, What in the world? Maybe they're just storing these in here for some reason. Only to find out, if I got my story right. Only to find out when he went in there, the people were not in the wheelchairs. They were worshiping the Lord out of the wheelchairs because God had already healed them. And so he said, Lord, I hadn't even had a chance to teach on this and you've already done it. But the point I want to make in that is this, those that got out of that wheelchair, left the meeting and left the wheelchair, or they took it home, gave it away, got rid of it, they did something other than get back in it. When you've overcome your issues, there's no point in picking it back up. If you throw it from you, leave it there, or pick it up and put it in the trash, lose it, and don't pick up that victimhood again. There's nobody healed that would not able to walk. If they get up out of the wheelchair, they're not going to get back in that wheelchair. Why do we get back in our victimhood? If we are born again, and Jesus is our Lord and Savior, we have a new identity. We put those things off, and we put on Jesus. We put him on every day, and we keep walking in him. Father, we come before you today. And, Lord, your merciful kindness, Lord, is beyond measure. Every head bowed and every eye closed. This is the way we're going to close this service today. You say, I am no longer living in victimhood. The Spirit began to show me how that I have been blind in certain areas. But today I'm walking out different. As every head is bowed, eyes are closed, you're in this house and you say, that's me that is me. This message was for me. I'm going to be brave enough to step out and to move towards Jesus. Uh, If that's you, I want you to get up. I want you to stand where you're at. Just stand. I'm not going to call you out. I'm going to call you forward. Say, I'm not living in victimhood anymore. I'm not living in victimhood anymore. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. I will clothe myself in Jesus. There are more. Come on. Come on. You're in this house today. I'm not going to live as a victim. I will. Lord Jesus is opening eyes right now. He's opening eyes right now. Come on, wait just a moment more. I'm going to wait just a moment more. Those of you that stood, just lift both hands to the Lord. Lift both hands to the Lord. I'm going to be about to the count of three, and I'm going to give those that that want to stand just be brave enough. Be brave enough right now just to stand up and say, God, I'm going to live as a victim anymore. I'm not living as a victim anymore. By the power of Jesus Christ, I'm going free. I'm going free. I'm leaving it behind. I'm taking it off, and I'm putting you on right now. Stand up. Stand up. If that's you, if that's you with with your hands lifted up, those that are standing, just begin to accept Jesus Christ, to begin to accept the anointing that he has for you, to anoint your eyes. Oh, Father, in the name of the Lord God, we're going free. We're going free. We're going free, Lord God. We're not going to live in fear anymore, Lord God. We're not going to live in intimidation anymore, Lord God. We're not going to concern ourselves with what others think of us. But, Lord God, we're going to concern ourselves with what you think of us. Lord God, there's a new authenticity coming to the house of God, there is a new Lord God awakening coming to the house of God there is a freedom that Lord God we will walk in, there's a liberty that belongs to the children of God it is for freedom my Lord you have set us free and Lord we receive that freedom today we receive that freedom today in the name of the living God in the name of the living God Jesus name. you can be seated now Stacy stood a couple of weeks ago, a month ago now maybe, and she gave a very personal testimony. And in that personal testimony, Stacy, there's caused a domino effect in this house. She's brave enough to do it. I thought I'm brave enough to do it. And other people have come to me and they said, if Stacy's brave enough to do it and you're brave enough to do it, I'm brave enough to do it. Good night, that sounds like faith. In Jesus. But her profession not only brought her healing, it brought me healing. And my profession not only brought me healing, it brought others healing. And your profession is not just going to cause you to be free, it's going to cause others to be free. And there's going to be a freedom and a liberty. You go get somebody, bring them to the house of God and say, you want to be free? Show up. It's not going to be what you're used to because the Spirit of the Lord is going to move on you and you're going to be different. Don't scare them too badly. Just get them in here. We'll lock the door. You can sit on top of them. We'll keep them bound down until we can get them free. Amen? Amen? You think I'm kidding, but I'm not. We're going to get crazy up in here. We're going to have some Bartimaeuses crying out. Oh, this man in Jericho, if he knew well enough. Oh, don't give You got me riled uh, up now. Let me just share one more thing with you. There's Bartimaeus, and he's setting out the stronghold city of Jericho. Those walls should have never been resurrected. But there's a king that didn't listen. And 500 years after the prophecy that Joshua made, said, don't raise these walls again. He he erected the walls. He said, it's going to cost you your firstborn and your youngest. But he paid the price, and he lost his firstborn. He lost his youngest. And he resurrected the walls of Jericho that God supernaturally tore down. Now here is Bartimaeus sitting outside this stronghold of Jericho. And I do believe that this man had enough understanding of who Jesus Christ, son of David, was. I do believe he had heard the stories of Joshua and how that they marched around those walls one time for six days and seven times on the seventh day. Then there was a shout. And when they shouted at the God's appointed time, those walls fell flat. Why do you think he was shouting outside the walls of Jericho? because he understood that six is the number of man, seven is the number of God. You get to the end of yourself then it's the beginning of the Lord and if you get tired of marching around a thing then you start screaming to the Lord and you start shouting the holy shout and say God by faith I believe that it's coming down. Lord Jesus I believe by faith every wall of religion, every wall of rebellion, every wall Lord God that prevents the revival Lord God that you have for this house. Lord it's." coming down. There's a holy shout coming from the people of God. We will not set by while people remain in blindness and in darkness. We will see the resurrection of the living God and we will not resurrect these strongholds ever again in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody in agreement said yes and amen. I blame that last point on all of you for pulling it out of me. Praise God. God bless you today.